the pairing and sharing time that uh, we've been having most weeks recently. Um, and I just want to say a couple introductory things about it before I lead us into doing that right now. Uh, the attempt of the pairing and sharing time is to say, you know, in our society we have a lot of mistrust and a lot of um, people going off into their own little silos out there in the world with their opinions and perspectives and whatever, how they get outraged um, about different things. Um, and it's an important time for we as a church to say that we can model a different way of being. Even across the differences we have here, we can build a deeper trust. We can learn to listen to each other's stories. And through that, we are going to become the stronger presence uh, of what it means to be a follower of Jesus in this community. And so we're trying to model a little bit of that in, in worship. Um, so for pairing and sharing, what we ask is that you find a partner here. And we really only have one rule, although we're not very good at enforcing rules in the United Church of Christ. But we really only have one rule, which is that, um, that uh, we, we ask couples to find somebody else to chat with because you can recreate this exercise at home if you want to and get double the pleasure out of the whole experience. Um, but we ask you to find one other person. Um, and if you're not in a talking mood today, maybe it's your day to be a good listener um, to the other person. Um, and what I'm going to ask you to reflect on today, and will relate very much to this gospel reading we just heard, and, um, and to some of the things I'll talk about in a few minutes, is uh, what kind of person are you? Are you a glass half empty person? Or are you a glass half full person? Um, do you see uh, the scarcity and the lack of things before you see the abundance of possibilities and of resources? Um, share with your partner and encourage each other toward seeing the abundant possibilities that originate in God's love. So I invite you to pair up and have some uh, good sharing about this uh, for the next uh, few minutes and uh, if, uh, if you don't find a partner then I'm, I'm here and I can be a partner with you. I hope you all had some good sharing time with each other. And maybe gain an insight or two out of it, or help somebody else to gain an insight or two. Um, connected with what you've been talking about, I want to talk about whether we have a Jesus follower attitude. Do we have an attitude that comes out of us being a follower of Jesus, that is energized by that, that is motivated by that, that gains its wisdom? from being a follower of Jesus. Is that a goal that you're working on and want to work on some more? So in that, I want to look at the loaves and fishes little story we have here, which for many of us who have been going to church for a long time, you know, it's just like, oh, I know that story, right? Um, but I want to break it down and look at it a little bit more deeply. Um, look at it particular parts and think about a Jesus follower attitude as we do this. 
So, if you wanted to follow along in your uh, pew Bible, you're welcome to do that. It's because uh, I'm going to go through a couple of verses right now. It's on page 91 in the New Te- Testament section of your pew Bible. So in verse 5, um, this large crowd is coming towards Jesus and the disciples. And here's the first piece that happens. Jesus says to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? Now, immediately after that, we're told, and this is something that the, the writer of this Gospel of John does often, um, he, he says, he said, Jesus said this to test him. Okay? Well, we don't hear about that kind of attitude of Jesus in the other Gospels, but I think uh, maybe a better word than test that will fit what we're talking about today is that Jesus is asking questions to kind of figure out where his disciples are. What's their understanding of what's happening as this crowd is coming toward them? What have they learned so far um, in being in following around with Jesus in his teachings? What, what have they learned now? Where is their attitude at this point? So, Jesus says, where are we to, to buy bread for these people to eat? Now, where? So what does Philip say? He says, well, this is crazy. You know? There's no way we have enough money. He says, six months' wages would not be enough to buy this bread and for each of them to even get a little. Maybe in your pairing and sharing conversations you talked a little bit about this. We've all been in those situations, haven't we? Where something overwhelming, we weren't ready for it, is happening. And what's our first response in when we're asked how are we going to meet the need here? It's out of control. There's not enough. There can't be enough. You know, even on my best day, there's no way I can turn nothing into 5,000 people I'm going to have to feed here. You've got to be crazy. I like to be a kind, generous person, but, you know, some things are just impossible, right? Anybody here never met a situation like that in your life? Yeah. I think, I think we've all met that situation. So, now... That was Philip. So Andrew is uh, paying attention here, even though the question wasn't asked of him. Um, Andrew, another disciple. So what does Andrew say? He notices something in the environment. He notices something in the approaching crowd. I know sometimes when I get overwhelmed by a big situation, and it's like, what are we going to do? There's never going to be enough. I know part of what sometimes happens to me is I glaze over and I don't even notice some of the resources that are right there in front of me. Right? Later, I sometimes hit myself in the head and say, oh, why didn't I just ask so-and-so? You know? They would have had an idea or they could have helped on this. But often when I get overwhelmed by this big situation, we don't see. But Andrew sees something. But he's also another classic of what we're like. Because he says, this is what I see. There's a boy over there. You see him? He's got five loaves and two fish. 
I'm sure Philip be saying, why even tell Jesus that? That's silly. Five loaves and two fish isn't going to get us anywhere, right? But Andrew's not quite the glass half full that Philip is. So he's paying attention enough at least to want to notice it. And at least to want to mention it. Maybe something will come of even mentioning that there's five loaves and two fish. Maybe somebody else will have another five loaves and two fish. Who knows what might happen. But, he has a but. But, what is five loaves and two fish among so many people? So he's not as negative as Philip, but he's still pretty skeptical that anything can happen from this, right? So that's another time. Sometimes we're in that situation as well. Okay, I see a little bit here, and I see a little bit here that could help. But it's not, still not going to quite add up to enough, you know? That happened to you? So, what does Jesus say? I'll give you my little translation after I read what he literally says. Make the people sit down. And I think what Jesus is saying there is, okay, let's just settle down a little bit. It's hard to see the answer right away here. But just have everybody sit down. Let's take a breath. Let's just see what happens. We can't always see everything that's possible out of a situation, right? Have you ever been surprised what came out of where you saw there was nothing and something emerged out of it? So, the 5,000 sit down. Now, ignore the practical problems. I have no idea pre-microphones how in the God's world they got everybody's attention to get 5,000 people to sit down, right? Or even where they sat. But I don't think that's the point of the story here, you know. But sometimes that's what happens, our little practical minds, you know. I mean, if we had elaborated this, it would have been, what are you telling us, Jesus, make them sit? There isn't enough space to make them sit down. They're crowding like sardines as it is. But, you know, somehow it does happen. Then what does Jesus do? He takes the loaves and he gives thanks. Huh. Well, that's kind of a glass half full attitude. <laughs> you got 5,000 people in front of you. Have you been in this kind of situation? It's an overwhelming situation. You can't meet the need, but, but you just say thanks for what you have. He takes the five loaves and the two fish. And he gives thanks. And then, he has the craziness, I was going to say the gall, to, to start distributing. Well, that's crazy. He didn't even go to get past the first layer of people around him, is it? Why would you, that's set up for a disaster. There's going to be a riot. I mean, that's what I would say if I was one of the disciples. I don't know what you would have said. You see how real this story is? You see how many situations we have in our own lives where we see no path forward? And yet, if we just take it one little step at a time, one little gift at a time of five loaves and two fishes, how maybe with a Jesus follower attitude, if we just stay present in the moment 
to what is there. Be grateful for what it is we do have as little as it appears to be so often. I mean, I think they've done surveys on this, but how many of us think we have enough of everything in our life? You know? Almost everyone thinks somebody else has more than me. I don't have enough. But it's a Jesus follower attitude. We first of all slow down. We take every little step at a time. We ask little questions. We notice what is there already. Sometimes because we do that, we'll notice even more than we would have seen otherwise. Sometimes we'll all of a sudden see an abundance. But even when we don't, the Jesus follower attitude, we take the moment. We say, thanks. I've been in the middle of a lot of pretty intense situations in my life. It's really hard when everybody's pressing on you how you're going to get this thing solved, this disaster that's about to happen, to just get centered for a second and say thanks. It seems like a small thing, you know. Often if I would do it, I would say, well, I'm supposed to say thanks now. So, oh, thanks for what you got now. But back to the problem that we were dealing with, you know. Um, yeah. But Jesus really, you feel the energy of it here. He really takes the time. And what is the amazing thing that happens? Somehow, with the Jesus follower attitude, somehow when you go through these steps, somehow, when as a Jesus follower you don't panic, you pay attention to what's there, you give thanks to the gifts, somehow, there's leftover. It's amazing how it happens. Now, what happens at the end of all of this is that Jesus and his disciples kind of have to flee because what does the crowd now want to do? This is another human problem that often gets exploited by those who want to pretend to be leaders of Jesus' followers. Um, They want to make him into a king because what's not understood at that moment by the crowd, is that this was not some miracle. This was not some magical thing with a Jesus wand. This was not something that only Jesus could do. This was not something that requires Jesus to be elevated and we stay down, kind of king and the peasants. This is something with a Jesus follower attitude that can emerge for all of us in these situations. This is not something that sets Jesus apart from us. This is where Jesus is trying to show us, his followers, how we can take the same attitude, how we can go through the same process, and how we can be amazed by what might come of it. I wanted you to do the pairing and sharing about this kind of scarcity versus abundance. Because don't we all know that? I mean, the the half glass full and empty is kind of a, a saying in our society. And we fundamentally know 
then when we start by facing a situation that's overwhelming or difficult, complicated, it's so often we start with the glass not only half empty, but it's empty. And once we do that, we can't see the things to be thankful for. We can't see the possibilities. We can't see the subtle resources that are around us that when they come together will be in abundance. We can't see it. The work of being a follower of Jesus is to do the work with ourselves, supporting each other in community, to learn how to have the attitude of a Jesus follower. To learn how to go through the process that Jesus takes the disciples and the crowd through in this story. Five loaves, two fish, from a little boy. Nothing could come of that. So we would think. There's not some... In a story like this, there's not some magical thing we're supposed to learn. There's not some lever we're supposed to hit that triggers it all. There's not a certain way of praying to God where we say, God, you did it through Jesus, now make it happen again. And made for movies, everything, lights and loud sounds, and all of a sudden the whole thing's transformed. No. Rather, this is an invitation into what's already there for us. The little resources and gifts within ourselves that we we don't even notice. It's around us in other people, even the one who always seems to be cranky, but yet brings forth the little gift. Even among those who who don't seem to have the skill sets or the power, or the influence in the community. They're just like a little boy. I haven't quite figured it all out yet. And yet, there it is. This is how abundance comes about. It's breaking this kind of story down and understanding how together can we learn to have a Jesus-follower attitude. I know, I'm guilty of it as much as anybody else. I mean, it's tough for me and for a lot of my pastor colleagues, you know, when, when we know all the history of the numbers that used to be in many of our churches and they're not there today, the resources that seem to be totally absent uh, in so many of our situations, we come up with great ideas, but how are we going to make it happen? Everybody's already tired, there isn't anything. But I've also seen it here. I've seen our little offering of five loaves and two fish just expand and explode into amazing energetic times. Amazing possibilities, amazing insights, amazing hope. And it can happen more. As long as we continue on the journey of developing a Jesus follower attitude. That attitude will always give us the moments to say thanks for the abundance that we have.
and the wonders that are happening in our midst. Amen.